Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go! Welcome everybody to the Lightning Round Podcast. I am at Garrett Sisti. Of course, Jamie is at Lightning underscore round. Last time when we came back, remember that? It was, uh, we did offensive (laughs) training camp battles and special teams. And today... We're covering the other side of the ball. We are doing defense. So we're going to talk about all the position battles, uh, guys that are on the bubble. We're going to talk about all the competitions going into camp and going into preseason. So let's just jump right into it. So we're going to start from the middle and work our way out. We'll start with the interior defensive linemen. And there's a big group here, which is Linville Joseph, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, Christian Covington, Cortez Broughton, Brendan Fajoko, Joe Gaziano, Forrest Merrill, Willie Yarberry, Jared Goldwire, and Frederick Smith Jr. Yeah, so I think right off the bat, we know at least four of these guys are going to make the roster just based on you know what we know about them. Obviously, Linval Joseph's going to make the roster. He'll be one of the starting defensive linemen. Uh, Justin Jones and Jerry Tillery, unlikely to go anywhere. Jones entering his fourth season with the team. Tillery entering his third season with the team. Both guys have been... They flashed at times, but have largely been underwhelming. Uh, but I don't really see anybody here pushing them off the roster, so they're they're both probably relatively safe. And of course, the offseason signing Christian Covington, uh, he's probably unlikely to go anywhere. I believe I read somewhere that he slimmed down under three hundred pounds um, in order to play on the Chargers' defensive line this year, and mm. he's been. Um, He's been rotating, I think, with the ones and twos, if I'm not mistaken. So yep, um, he's a guy who's almost certain to make the team. And then you've got guys like Cortez Broughton and Brendan Fijoko and Joe Gaziano, and then a bunch of guys who are realistically competing for uh, practice squad spots. So I think you're probably looking at the Chargers ultimately keeping five, maybe six defensive linemen at a max just because – Um, Brandon Staley likes to rotate these guys. He wants his defensive line to be versatile, to be able to play all the techniques up and down the line. He runs multiple fronts. He'll run anywhere from 
two down linemen to four or five down linemen, just depending on the situation. So he's going to want guys who can come in and fill multiple spots and be productive in those spots. Um, and I think, like I said, you, you know, going in, you're, you're more than likely looking at Joseph Jones, Tillery and Covington making the team have not heard much about Cortez Broughton in camp. Um, I think I read that he had, you know, one practice where he flashed a couple times uh, during the first week of practice. But other than that, literally nothing about him. Uh, meanwhile, you're reading that Joe Gaziano has been on the field when they're going with four, four defensive linemen. Um, and Brandon Fehoko is a guy who's been rotating in and out along with Christian Covington when they have four linemen on the field. So I think that group is pretty well set. It's just a matter of do they keep five or do they keep six? Uh, Gaziano is a guy who a lot of people thought might get some action as, as a defensive end, you know, as a reserve last year, didn't play much last year. They're looking at him as more of a, an interior lineman than an edge rusher. Uh, and I think, you know, something that's interesting about the way they look at this, the front in Brandon Staley's defense is no more. Are we looking at interior defensive linemen, defensive ends, linebackers, and outside linebackers? You have one core group of defensive linemen, the interior linemen, you have your edge rushers who are both going to stand up and play with one or two hands in the dirt. And then you have just a group of linebackers. So kind of paring down the position groups a little bit. And as we get into it, you'll see how that kind of affects the position battles, but looks to me like, you know, Fehoko and Gaziano are probably competing for that, that fifth spot. Maybe one of them sneaks in with a sixth spot. Um, and then, you know, guys like Merrill Yarberry, Goldwire, uh, Frederick Smith. These are guys who more than likely are competing for um, for practice squad spots. Probably not going to make the roster, but you know they'll get some run in, in training camp and the preseason, and we'll see what they look like. Yeah, it's interesting towards the bottom of this list. Like you mentioned, you know we know Linvel Joseph will be the starter on the interior, especially on early rundowns. They'll mix in Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery to get speed inside. Tillery, it has not shown up much in camp this year. Uh, read some, a couple negative reports on him so far, but you know, we'll kind of see how he plays out during the season. Justin Jones. I mean, he's a guy that the chargers continue to just hype up every single year. That hype train is back for another stop around the track. I'm not on board again. Didn't fall for it last year, but you know, I have all the trust of Brandon Staley to get the most out of a guys like Tillery and Jones. So I'm excited to see him do wonders. I'm not, buying the hype in Justin Jones quite yet though. Uh, of course, Chargers signed Christian Covington. You talked about, he slimmed down a little bit in a sense. He's going to fill that Damian square role like he did last year, just kind of be a rotational guy with behind Jones and Tillery. And the surprise has been, uh, Joe Gaziano, like you mentioned, uh, you know, got some works with the ones and twos in camp, uh, kind of mixing in with Christian Covington. So that he's going to be interesting. The Chargers carried five defensive linemen last year. So we know Joseph Jones, Tillery, Covington, probably Gaziano. So then those guys, like you mentioned, are going to be kind of on the bubble. Is it going to be Fajoko that jumps into that five spot, takes over Gaziano's fifth spot? Is Cortez Broughton the guy? He was the fifth uh, defensive lineman last year, but of course it's a new staff. He only played nine games last year. It comes down to these UDFAs if they want to get a practice squad spot. Forrest Merrill was a popular name because he's just a boulder. He's six foot three twenty at Arkansas State. He finished with one hundred seventeen total tackles, seventeen and a half tackles for loss, and eight and a half sacks. The team could use some bulk on the inside behind Joseph, but 
he's got to prove that he can do more than just consume double teams because that's all he did in college. Uh, Willie Yarberry signed with the Chargers from the Spring League, so obviously the team saw something in him that they wanted to bring him into camp. He's kind of more of a tweener. He's got speed, high motor, but lacks the size inside. And I had some thoughts on Jared Goldwire. I was really excited about him going into this podcast because I got to watch him. But minutes before we recorded, he got put on injured reserve. So (laughs) no more thoughts on him. I also have no opinion on Frederick Smith Jr. because I couldn't find anything on him. So just looking forward and, you know, outside of just camp, looking for the team in the future, you've got guys like Linnabelle Joseph, Justin Jones, Christian Covington, all free agents in 2022. I thought they had a lot of work to do this offseason on the interior defensive line, and I don't think bringing Christian Covington was enough. I think they filled a lot of holes, which is great in the offseason and the draft and also in free agency, but this is one of those spots that they really needed more depth, and I think that this could be, like we talked about with offensive tackle, offensive guard, another spot that could use maybe some veteran presence inside, maybe just get some you know better depth on the interior of the defensive line. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I think one of the things that stands out about Brandon's daily Brandon Staley's scheme is that he likes his defensive linemen to get upfield. They're not looking to just plug gaps and and you know let the linebackers run around and make plays. Yeah. They want these guys to get upfield, split gaps, and make plays themselves. I'm not really sure they have the group they need to run the scheme that Brandon Staley wants to run. Now he came here. He obviously sees something in this group. I'm sure he's telling himself he sees something in Tillery and Jones in particular. Um, You know, Jones is a guy who, like you said, they hype him up every year. He's been pretty underwhelming. Um, You know, he's not a guy who gets a great deal of penetration, hasn't generated much in the way of pressure, either in terms of collapsing the pocket or getting to the quarterback. Uh, He's just kind of, been there when he's on the field. Nothing all that special. Tillery had some flashes last year, uh, but another guy who, you know, he beats up on subpar competition, has not really been able to establish himself against legitimate NFL quality offensive linemen. Yep. He did have some good reps in camp, I think last week, but it came against Scott Quisenberry, who didn't play a single snap all year last year for the most part. So you know, it's, you got to kind of take some of the reports with him with a grain of salt. You know, you you hear guys like Joseph and other guys on the line saying that Tillery's stepped up his game and he's really, you know, developed as a pass rusher and he's trying to take his game to the next level. But until you see it on the field against actual NFL offensive linemen, guys who are playing a lot, it's kind of hard to get too excited about. So I agree with you. I think this is a group that really lacks explosive playmaking ability. And it's been something that's plagued them for a while. Now, maybe getting out of this, um, getting out of Gus Bradley's defense and into something that's going to allow them to get upfield and and try to, you know, pursue plays more, maybe that'll get them going. But it's a group that could certainly use some help, some experience up front in terms of somebody who can actually penetrate and make plays on a consistent basis because you just haven't seen that from really any of these guys on a regular basis. No, we haven't. And also I just point out, I mean, Linville Joseph, while he's had an incredible career has shown that he is starting to fall off a little bit here with the chargers. I mean, he's, he's shown he can take on double teams and do what he needs to do, but not the player he's been the last couple of years. So while it looks good on paper still, I mean, you know, not, not the guy that we're used to seeing, especially when he was with Minnesota and uh, Tillery Jones have just been guys and I hope that they can use the athleticism and Staley can bring something out of them. Cause I think if 
Staley can't do it, it's all but lost for those guys, it seems like. Because <laughs> Staley, Staley will get the best out of his players. I believe it. I, I totally trust him, and that is kind of a foreign concept for me <laughs> and this Chargers coaching staff for the last, I can't even think of how long, especially with these defensive coordinators. So I, I trust that Staley can get something out of them. I hope it's more than we all have seen so far. Don't we all? So let's go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go to Edge. And uh, we've got a couple players here. We got Joey Bosa, Uchenna Nuosu, Kyler Frackroll, the rookie Chris Rumpf, Emeke Egbule is part of this group, and Jesse Lemonier. Now we know Joey Bosa is the starter. And currently, uh, we are hearing reports that there is a competition at the other side. It's between Uchenna Nuosu and Kyler Frackroll who are going to replace Melvin Ingram on the opposite side of Joey Bosa as a starting pass rusher. Looked like it was Nuosu's job entering camp, but so far, Fackrell has made a bunch of splash plays. He signed with the Chargers this offseason, had one of his better seasons as an outside linebacker for the Giants, and uh, had a couple sacks recently in camp, and is starting to move up that depth chart a little bit. They're kind of swapping Nuosu and Fackrell right now with the starters, with the ones. Uh, with the rookie, Chris Rumpf, he's going to be competing for that fourth edge job behind Bosa, Nuosu, and Fackrell. He will most likely make this team as a situational pass rusher at the bottom of the depth chart. Coaches have mentioned in camp that they really want Rumpf to add some muscle. So this could be a year of growth for Rumpf while he you know, gets an expanded role in the future if he can bulk up a little bit. And then, of course, Emeke Igbule, who played some linebacker last year, has played on the edge. Uh, he's stuck on the roster because of his ability on special teams, but this old staff couldn't decide whether they wanted him to play with his hand in the dirt uh, or wanted him to stand, be a stand-up backer. So this is a whole – he's got experience at both, but now this is a whole new system. It's going to be a whole new change again. He's going to be competing with Rump for that edge four spot. Maybe he could stick as a fifth in this group if he can contribute on special teams. And maybe they keep a guy like Egbule because of the versatility where we'll talk about the linebackers in a little bit, knowing that Egbule can rush the passer but also stand up. That's a guy that has some versatility. That could make a you know make the bottom of this 53 roster, contribute on special teams, and then add some ver- versatility. And then in terms of uh, Lumineer, he joined the team last year, played in two games in camp but he's way on the outside looking in maybe a practice squad spot available for him. But other than that, you got about four or five guys uh, looking to make this team. Yeah. There are some interesting decisions to be made. You know, you mentioned Nuosu, a guy who certainly has flashed the ability to make some plays um, as a, as an edge rusher over the last couple of years, he had a period last year before he got hurt where he was arguably one of the best defenders on the field for the chargers. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he got hurt and he disappeared and it seemed like he got buried with the previous coaching staff. So he's a guy who you went into camp thinking he had the inside track, but now you're starting to hear reports out of camp. The coaches really like Kyler Fackrell. They like the fact that he can cover, which is something that Nuosu was struggled with. Mm-hmm. They like the fact that he can get after the quarterback. And that is something that is documented he had 10 sacks a couple years ago in Green Bay, so they know he can get to the quarterback. So he gives them some of that versatility that Staley is looking for that isn't maybe going to give away their intentions on the field uh, when the defense is out there. So it's looking – they've been splitting – Nuosu and Fakro have. They've been splitting first-team reps so far yeah. in camp. And they, from what I've read, they both had their moments at times, but it seems like Fakro has shown up a little bit more consistently than Nuosu has. Mm-hmm. Both guys – probably pretty much guaranteed to make the team. Um, one will be the prime, the secondary edge rusher and the other one will be number three, uh, but they're both probably going to make the team. I think what 
starts getting really interesting is Chris Rump and Emeka Egbule. Um, if you read about what's been happening in camp, Egbule has been making a lot of plays with the second team defense. Uh, he's been making plays both as a run defender and as an edge rusher. There was an 11 on 11, and I believe a goal line drill with the second team a couple couple days ago where he basically single-handedly shut down, I believe it was a red zone series for the second team defense. He got off the edge and st- stuffed a run and then got a couple sacks and batted a pass down, I think. So he's showing up more and more. And where, what I think is interesting is you mentioned his special teams abilities. Emeka Agbule is a guy who, at least right now, is running on first team punt and kick coverage teams. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who seems to be entrenched on special teams, which would kind of make you think he's got that inside track over Rump, even though Rump was a fourth round pick. Um, you've, you're hearing good things. You know, Bose has been saying nice things about Rump. The coaches have been talking about him, but Bose has been calling him a string bean because he's so skinny and they want him yeah, to put yeah. on weight. And he's a guy who we noted when we did our, our draft study that while he has some upside, he's a guy who he gets by on effort a lot and he's slippery through the gaps, but he's not a guy who exhibits great technique as an edge rusher, even though his dad teaches defensive line. Uh, there have been reports that Rumpf actually had been working out with uh, Khalil Mack in the offseason, trying to bring his game along. So I'm that kind of work ethic I'm sure will help him out. Um, but I, I would think he would have to show that he can contribute on special teams to make the team this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. Kind of what we talked about with the running backs last week, you know, are you going to keep the current year fifth round pick? Are you going to keep a fifth round pick from a couple years ago? How does that draft pick compensation kind of figure figure in, in terms of how you're valuing these guys based on when, where, and when they were picked. Um, and egg bully, I was a draft pick too, right? Like yep. a sixth round pick or something. Yep. So both these guys, former draft picks, Rump taken a little earlier. Obviously, they think probably they probably thought a little bit more highly of them coming out of the draft, but um, an opportunity for both guys to really contribute on special teams and show what they can do as edge rushers. Maybe they wind up keeping five. You know, maybe they go with five defensive linemen and five edge rushers. Figure they'll probably be somewhere in that nine to ten range with between those two groups. So let's go ahead and talk about these linebackers. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, at the bottom of that uh, group too. So let's talk about linebackers, which again, uh, another competition at the bottom here, most likely. So for the linebackers, we've got Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil, Kaiser White, the rookie Nick Neiman, Cole Christensen, Damon Lloyd, and Eamon Ogbongamiga. Good job. I would not I have got it. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. Ogbongamiga. Og Bongamiga. <laughs> now I like him, so I had to learn his name. So get, you got. <laughs> I liked watching him, so I, I remembered his name. Yeah, I think this is a group where I mean we know the first three guys are going to make it, and Murray, Tranquil, and and White. White's somebody who, um, I believe, Ronaldo Hill tried to recruit to Pitt when he was coming out of high school. He tried to recruit him as a safety, so there is some history there. And yes. There have been, I think, two or three times this offseason where Brandon Staley has specifically mentioned how much he likes uh, Kaiser White's well-rounded skill set that he can run and he can hit and he can cover. He kind of does everything they look for. And I think they've been having him play a little bit of money and a little bit of star and just some some linebacker. So he's getting some experience playing all over the defense. He's a guy who you might even see play safety on occasion if they're trying to confuse defenses. He gives them a lot of flexibility. And there's been a lot of talk in camp this year that Murray and Tranquil are becoming quote unquote complete linebackers. Um, 
So very high on the linebacking group, at least especially the top three. Uh, I watched Nick Neiman um, after they drafted him. He's a guy who yep. isn't a great athlete, but he gets the job done. Um, you know, he's able to chase guys down and make plays. He seems to be pretty instinctive. Uh, I liked him quite a bit when I watched him. Uh, and you mentioned, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name, but Amen. <laughs> Ogbongamiga. Ogbongamiga. There we go. Um, he's a guy who they've been asking a lot of in camp. Uh, they seem to really like him. Um, they've been throwing a lot at some of their younger players in camp this year. And Ogbong, Ogbong, Ogbongamiga. Ogbongamiga. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, he's a guy who they've actually given the green dot to uh, on second and third team defenses. And he's been calling plays for, I believe the third team defense in camp. So he's a guy that they're, they're kind of, they're looking ahead and realizing that, you know, Derwin has the green dot. And I believe drew tranquil has the green dot on the first team. Both those guys were hurt last year. They seem to be motivated to, you know, really prepare for the, the possibility that they could get hurt again. And they are preparing different people to fill those roles in advance of needing them, which is, you know, it's always nice to be prepared. It's something that the chargers were not t- typically prepared under Anthony Lynn. No. And now they are. So at least they're trying to be. So yeah, some good athletes here, a fun group, some guys who can do different things. Uh, Nick Neiman's a guy who's probably more of kind of a, I mean, he has better coverage skills than I think his draft, um, his draft profile suggested. I thought he looked somewhat instinctual instinctive in coverage and he's a guy who i thought could get better in coverage with time wasn't the complete disaster in coverage that that his draft profile said he was um so i think you know you're you're probably looking at the chargers carrying four maybe five linebackers max uh because of the way they rotate the defense they could have anywhere from four to two linebackers or one on the field at one time so they may not need to carry as many as they have in the past they might be able to get away with four, in which case it's probably going to come down to Neiman and Ogbon Ben. I can't. Ogbongamiga. Ogbongamiga uh, for that last spot. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think there's there. I think Cole Christensen probably plays a part in this last uh, last core group too. But um, you know, you you talked about a lot of it, and to me, just a side note, we know about Kenneth Murray, Drew Tranquil. They've looked great in camp. They'll be starters. But the emergence of Kaiser White and Staley's new system is by far one of my favorite storylines going into preseason. You know, the former staff absolutely buried White, even when we saw flashes of him throughout his career. I'm excited to see him get extended time. I love that they're using him as an athlete and just letting him play all over in Rome, be a robber. I, I love Star, I, all the positions they're playing him at, and letting him just play and be an athlete and use his skill set. I, I, I love everything they're doing with him. Now, in terms of the sixth round pick, I, I think he's a, his coverage skills were his best asset in college. Uh, he tested really well as an athlete. I mean, I think he he adds depth as a sideline to sideline guy, but could be a core special t- special teamer as the season goes on. I mean, he's he's got the speed and he's got the skill set to be a a special teamer. Now, Cole Christensen, uh, you know, you talked about they probably don't need to carry as many linebackers as they did last year or previous years. Last year it was six linebackers, so probably not, but. Uh, you know, the four that we talked about, Murray, Tranquil, White, and probably Neiman as a rookie will probably make the team. That's four. If you're talking about a fifth, 
Cole Christensen's a guy who played on special teams for the Chargers last year, could ask to contribute again, and that's where he would make the team is as a special teamer, not as a uh, player. But to me, the guy that offers the most for you is the guy we're talking about, Amen Abagamiga, who actually entered the CFL draft after he wasn't drafted, and he was drafted eighth overall. And he's an interesting case. He's an athlete, looked real good in run support at Oklahoma State, could have a role at the bottom as kind of like a two-down linebacker in the box. He could definitely contribute on special teams. I liked what I saw from him. But uh, this is one of my favorite UDFAs of this group. Um, Gazayano, I know, is the guy that's getting some run. But uh, Ogbongamiga is a guy that I just can't wait to see in preseason and probably looking at that fifth spot, uh, him and Cole Christensen. Uh, Damon Lloyd's a small kid who racked up a bunch of stats and has okay ball skills, but uh, he's he's probably looking more at a practice score, squad role. So at the bottom of that depth chart, if they want to carry five, it's down to Ogbongamiga and Cole Christensen. Uh, the favorite for me right now is Amen. so I think he probably makes a team there. Agreed. So let's talk about the corners. We got Michael Davis, Chris Harris Jr., the rookie Asante Samuel Jr., Brandon Faison, Tavon Campbell, Ryan Smith, Kamon Hall, Dante Vaughn, and John Brannon. Uh, of course, Michael Davis got re-signed this offseason. He'll be the starting corner. He'll be joined by Asante Samuel Jr. and Chris Harris Jr. After those three, good luck. Brandon Faison, really good showings, really, really bad showings. He has nothing in between. Tavon Campbell, like Faison, uh, had some run because of injuries. He got a pick six last year against Joe Flacco and the Jets, I remember, uh, made a play. But both those guys on the bench as the next man up and competing for a CB4 role, and I don't have confidence in either of them. Now, the big acquisition in the offseason was the Buccaneer special team specialist, Ryan Smith, who will be an instant upgrade to that unit. I love that they went just towards special teams, just how abysmal they were last year. So he's going to help out right away. Uh, Hasn't had a start at corner since 2018, but will obviously provide depth at that corner group. So depending on if the Chargers are carrying five or six corners, they carried six last year. You've got Davis, Harris, Samuel, and Smith. And then you've got Faison and Campbell for maybe one or two spots. After that, you've got Kamon Hall, who kind of bounced around early in his career from Minnesota, New Orleans, and Dallas. He's been on the practice squads. He's signed a futures deal. The Chargers actually claimed him off a waiver, so they saw something in Hall. But uh, they're going to be carrying five or six, so Hall's going to definitely have to make a case. Dante Vaughn was a practice squad last year. He's he, He's got pretty good length, but little playing experience. And then the UDFA, John Brannon, uh, does his best work in zone, but does not have very good footwork, probably more of a practice squad guy, guy who's at least aiming for a practice squad spot at this point. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about this group is the way they're kind of moving pieces around uh, after you get past Michael Davis. You know, Michael Davis is the number one starting corner on the defense. And then you're Mm -hmm. looking at guys like Chris Harris Jr. Playing some corner, playing some slot, playing some star, playing some money, even playing safety at times. Um, Asante Samuel playing inside and playing outside. Brandon Faison, who started the year as the number two corner. And thankfully, the best news to come out of camp so far is (laughs) it seems like Asante Samuel is grabbing that that CB2 spot from Faison, which I think was a foregone conclusion anyway. But just the fact that it's happening so early in camp and we may not be subjected to too much face on with the, with the first team in training in uh, preseason is a very, very, very positive development. Yeah. I think you're looking at, I mean, like you said, Davis, Harris, Asante, Samuel jr. Face on and Smith 
those guys are going to make the team. And then everybody else is kind of battling for that last spot. If they're going to carry six, I, they may not carry six this year. Cause it sounds like, you know, James has been playing, I think some, some money, some star, some corner, they might have him in the slot. Um, Mark Webb has been playing all over the place. We'll talk about him in a few minutes. So there are guys who are listed as safeties who are playing multiple positions in the defense, which may give them Nasir, some flexibility. Nasir Adderley, another guy who is playing some corner in camp. To your so point. having those guys gives them the flexibility to maybe not necessarily carry six corners just for the sake of carrying six corners, which is kind of nice because there's a lot of riffraff riffraff at the bottom of the <laughs> roster. I was going to say trash. We'll go with riffraff. <laughs> I saw where your head was going and I, I chose a better word. <laughs> I like riffraff. We'll go, we'll go that way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how Brandon Staley uses all of these pieces. You know, we talked about Kaiser white playing all over the field. We'll talk about the safeties here in a minute. Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Mark Webb, all playing multiple positions on the field. Um, it seems like uh, Chris Harris Jr. is going to be kind of that piece that they move around to try to confuse defenses by playing him in different spots. So, a lot of flexibility, a lot of skill, a lot of a lot of opportunities to mix and match and create matchups that favor the defense, which is a lot of fun. And the fact that they're prepping so many guys to play three or four different positions in the event somebody gets hurt, and they're doing it so early on should really help them later in the year. If they do have injury issues, they'll have two, three, four guys who can play multiple roles and, and bail them out if they need it. So, um, yeah, the top, I would say the top three spots on this, in this cornerback group are all going to make some plays for the chargers mm -hmm. in 2021. Uh, I do not want to see any of Brandon face on, on the field at all during the regular season. I really don't even no. need to see him in the, in the preseason, if it can be avoided, uh, interesting to see if Ryan Smith can kind of push Brandon face on further down the, the list, although the coaches have been saying good things about face on, uh, that at least they were early in camp, uh, right before they pushed him down the roster in favor of, uh, in favor of Asante Samuel. So mm -hmm. we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, Tavon Campbell's a guy he'll be, he'll be battling. If they carry six, he'll be battling for that last spot. I think Hall, Vaughn and Brandon are all guys who maybe one of them sticks in a practice squad role. The rest are probably gone. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and this is a group, you know, we know about Derwin's uh, history of injuries and, but he's playing corner, but Chris Harris Jr. Has been banged up. Uh, Asante Samuel is a guy that they think is a little bit undersized. We'll see if his body holds up and all that, but one injury to this group and we're looking at Brandon face on straight in the face. And it scares me. I, this is another group. I would hope that there's some kind of veteran corner that the chargers can get some kind of, depth there that get, instills a little bit more confidence than a Brandon face on. But you know, I I'm, I'm afraid for this group. I am for any injuries. Yeah. This, this group is a lot like the tackle group. You know, you're one injury away with the tackle yep. group from Trey Pipkins, Trey Pipkins or storm Norton playing yeah. left tackle or right tackle on a regular basis. That's frightening. Um, being, being anywhere near a position where Brandon face on has to play major, major snaps at corner is not a good thing. So hopefully they can find some depth once cuts start being made. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the safeties. You, you alluded to them a little bit here earlier. 
The safeties is a small group, probably be pretty easy, but it's Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, the rookie Mark Webb, Alohi Gilman, and Ben DeLuca. I mean, this group is pretty much, I think, locked in based on what we've been hearing about in camp. Obviously, yep. you know, Derwin James, like I mentioned, he's been playing everywhere. He's playing some safety. He's playing some money, some star. I think he's played in the slot. We might even see him play some outside corner at times, depending on the matchups. He's going to be their, their jack-of-all-trades, so to speak. They're one sounds like one of many, but they're primary yeah. jack-of-all-trades. He'll be calling the signals for the defense in the huddle. Um, and he'll be moving all over the field, looking to create matchups, whether it's as a in coverage or as a playmaker. He'll be everywhere. Uh, Nasir Adderley is a guy who has been their primary deep safety when they're in their base defense. He's played some slot as well, which I always thought slot was a good spot for him. Um, he had a couple nice plays in camp yesterday on on uh, Wednesday, I believe, and all the reports coming out of camp about Nasir Adderley are that his. Uh, his reads are getting better. He's breaking on balls faster. He's getting closer and closer to making more and more plays in camp and getting his hands on more footballs, which is a good thing. So he's a guy who seems to be locked in. They've been talking about him kind of being the quote unquote captain of the defense, so to speak, uh, the quarterback of the defense while Derwin James is going to be the one calling the plays utterly because he's on the back end. He's going to be the one making sure everybody knows down a distance, making sure the right players are on the field, the right packages on the field everybody's matched up properly. He's they're really asking him to get dialed in on everybody's roles and everybody's position so that he can get everybody lined up and ready to go once Derwin calls the play. So this coaching staff showing a lot of trust in Nasir Adderley trust that he didn't necessarily have uh, from the previous coaching staff. And then, you know, Alohi Gilman entering his second year with the team. He's a guy who's been on the field quite a bit with the first team when they're in their dime defense uh, help, He's on the back end more playing as a, a deep safety alongside Nasir Adderley when they're, when they've got six defensive backs on the field and uh, Mark Webb, another guy they've, they've had him playing money star. He's played some safety, played some corner. Uh, seems like at least a couple times in every practice, he's breaking up a pass, picking off a pass, making a big play somewhere, uh, usually with the second and third team, but he sees seen some time with the first team as well. So this is a group that, like I said, pretty locked in. Probably not a reason to carry more than four safeties at this point, um, especially if they're you know they're kind of cross training Chris Harris to play some safety. They've got some flexibility there, um, and they've got guys they can move around. So um, a fun group, and probably leaves Ben DeLuca looking for uh, a practice squad spot at best. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this is this is an easy group. I mean, Derwin James is Derwin James, and like you mentioned, they're giving him everything everything's on his plate he has become a chess piece now and he's now the captain of the defense so whatever football god you pray to pray that derwin james stays on the field because i can't wait to see derwin james in a full season with the chargers and in this expanded role with staley's defense now nasir adderley who's been playing the deep safety got walked down in the box a lot in camp he plays some slot like you mentioned so another guy that's a versatile piece and damn near looks like a linebacker. He has bulked up so much in the offseason. He looks huge. I hope it helps him out. The seventh round pick, Mark Webb, uh, has, like you mentioned, makes some plays in camp. He got banged up on Wednesday. But, um, you know, what we know 
is that he played star at Georgia and they're doing the same thing with the Chargers. He's another guy like Kaiser White moving around in that star position. He adds some versatility to this defense. And Alohi Gilman is going to make this team by sheer numbers. A guy that they've thrown out is deep safety, which I don't love particularly, but has played strong safety and free safety. Uh, not a guy you expect to see the field, maybe on special teams, but hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. You're not seeing too much Aloha Gilman. And like you mentioned, UDFA, Ben DeLuca. I mean, he played both safety and corner. He's a low-end athlete, isn't a great tackler. Uh, what he does make up for it is in his instincts, but his best shot, of course, is at practice squad. Those four guys, Derwin James, Nasir Adderley, Mark Webb, Aloha Gilman, making this team. Uh, ben DeLuca, the odd man out, looking for a practice squad spot. So there's a lot of, a lot of versatility with these DBs, linebackers, uh, this whole defense. And I believe it was Corey Lindsley who talked about what a pain in the ass this defense was to go against. They just create fits. And you just love to see it, and you love to hear all of it. I know it's just camp right now. But what we all expected from Brandon Staley being creative with his defense, versatile, having moving pieces, and being the new – I don't want to say like the future of the NFL, but being that more athletic defensive group than that like standard, bland Gus Bradley defense, I don't see a lot of picket fence defenses coming from Brandon Staley. This no, year. no picket fence defenses. <laughs> and I think the the phrase that uh, that Lindsley used was, "They're not a standstill defense. They're not yeah. stagnant. They're not all coming from the same spot in the defense every single play." doing the same thing every single play mm -hmm. guys are moving around. They're playing different positions They're taking on different responsibilities. They'll be attacking from different spots on the, on the defensive line. I'm sure we'll see a lot of Kenneth Murray blitzing. We'll probably see a lot of Kaiser white blitzing a lot of Derwin coming down into the box and blitzing. So a lot of ways to create pressure, a lot of ways to create havoc um, and a lot of uncertainty based on the way they're moving guys around. It's going to be difficult for, for opposing quarterbacks to identify coverages, identify pressure packages. It's going to be a, it's probably going to take a, a few weeks for teams to catch up to what the charters are doing. So it, it might give them a chance to get off to an early start while teams are adjusting to what they're doing and how they're doing it and who's being moved around and where they're going might give these guys a chance to make some plays and wreck some havoc before, uh, before teams catch up. So it's, it's a good way to start the season. Everybody's kind of going in blind. Yeah. There's a lot of fun things to look forward to as we go into the preseason against the Rams for week one. So that'll do it for us. That's the defense. I am at Garrett Sisti. Jamie? At lightning underscore round. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.